Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the popular Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. On this podcast, I discuss sad stories or sad topics, and then I try to make myself laugh or the listeners laugh. I don't know who who's laughing and crying, but I'm trying to make somebody laugh and cry so hair grows out of this mystery person's butthole. And I like to talk about sad stories and laugh about them in a lighthearted way because that's how I fucking cope, you know? I, today, I'm going to talk about this topic that is a huge topic and it's been a very difficult thing that I have struggled with all my life and I'm going to be honest, recently it's pretty much gone away. I've gotten it pretty under control. But it's back, baby. Um, and the topic is depression. And like I said, I pretty much, I don't know how it happened. I, f- I literally fucking thought that I would be in the grips of this bitch. This gorilla, the gorilla grip of, <laughs> of depression for the rest of my life. But, you know, after years of therapy, probably almost 10 years, I like woke up one day and just realized that depression was no longer a part of my everyday life like it had been but you know like mental illness I like to think of a lot of mental illness as you know like viruses they're not something that you really you know get cured from but they can lie dormant and you can live a day-to-day life but they're gonna pop up every once in a while just like oral herpes, which is also something that I have, and I'm having a bout of also known as cold sores, the PG name for them, the name that makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> oral herpes sounds so intense. Cold sores, it's, it sounds chill. I got a cold sore right now because I'm tired. And also the depression's back all at once. <laughs> And just like, you know, yeah, exactly, though. It's like a virus. It lays dormant and then it pops it. It pops out, you know, when you have a, a party to go to. And no matter how much red lipstick you put on that motherfucker, it's there in the room with us. <laughs> um, so my depression's back. And oh, also the, the so I get cold sores on my mouth, which, like I said, are oral herpes. But did you know there's a medication? I love telling people about this. I actually reached out to the company that makes it. I'm like, I'll do an ad for you because I'm like such a big believer. There's a medication. It's a pill that you take. And it is, I guess, technically for I guess people that have genital herpes has it. It's a different kind of herpes. But but the medication still treats the cold sores. So what you do is you take one when you feel like that itchy lip and then it just doesn't pop out. So I've been taking this medication for years and I, I, I don't get cold sores anymore. But this one, I think I was just like mega tired and 
depressed. Um, as you know, it comes out when your immune system is kind of low. And so I have one, but um, you should look into getting the medication if you get cold sores because it seems like intense to take, you know, like genital herpes medicine for it. But literally, it'll change your life. You'll never have it. Also, I use like an internet um, prescription service. And I think... I don't think my insurance covers it. So I, I think out of pocket, it's like $15 a month. I might be wrong. Like, but you have to pay for the con- consultation, which I think was $65. And you just do it over like a text thing in the app. And the company is called Nurks. This is not an ad. I tried to get them to, you know, back me, but they they never responded. <laughs> I want to be on a herpes ad. Um, but... Yeah, I get the medication for like $15 a month. And then I don't take, I guess I get the kind that it's for people that take it every day, but I don't take it every day. I just have it. I don't know why I, I should change my prescription, huh? I only need the, You. I think it's cheaper if you just get the, this is, this is way too much information about this. What am I rambling on about? You, you just look in the app if you're interested. You don't need the every single detail I like telling people I have oral herpes, though, because I think that there's so much stigma around it. But like they say, 80% of the world has it. 80%. And if you don't get cold sores, you might have it and it just might not come out. So uh, just uh, no more stigma around oral herpes or general herpes. Because you know what? People that have general herpes, they got it how most of us just live. So, you know, let's drop the stigma um, what was I going to talk about? Oh, depression. Yeah. Okay. Should I just, I'm like, is this an episode where I talk about my cold sores? Um, I, okay. So the depression is back. It's very interesting now that it's not as, oh, what's it called? Frequent as when I had it all my life. So basically I had depression starting from when I was a kid. I feel like the oldest memory of me just being literally saying to myself, I am fucking depressed is when I was in the fourth grade. So around nine years old, I was like, I'm fucking depressed. And what started happening around then, and I don't I don't know if this is tied to me being depressed or it's just because that's the age that a lot of kids go through this. I started obsessing about death every night before bed, I'd be lying in bed, nine years old. And I remember thinking I was up for, it felt like at least an hour every night, obsessively being very upset about dying. And, you know, being just terrified of it. Um, And I always felt like I was up for like hour, I was always tired in the morning, because I couldn't sleep, because I was so afraid of it. And then in the fourth grade, I remember, you know, I was always like a straight A student. I was just like, I never tried, but I always like got good grades. I was that kind of kid. And then immediately in one semester, all my grades like went to D's and F's, like just straight up. So I think I was, it was like looking back on that time. And my parents obviously responded by uh, punishing me, right? (laughs) Which is, thanks, mom. Like instead of being like something's going on, this, you know, what is happening with this kid that always does well in school, always enjoys school immediately overnight, doesn't like it, isn't understanding it, isn't able to follow. They were like, you're lazy and you're you're not obeying uh, instead of asking what was going on with my mental health. And I think there were 
it's so bizarre because now I when I thought back on that time, I was like, what was going on with me? Like, why did how did that come out of nowhere? But there were things, very obvious things happening in my life that pointed to it. A big thing that happened, and this is this is actually blowing my mind because I, I don't think I've ever said this out loud until this moment. My dad, as a kid, was a pilot in Angola. And during that time, the 90s, there was a civil war going on there. My dad was flying cargo airplanes for Lufthansa in the middle of a civil war. Anyway, he was involved in this airplane accident and people died. Um, and I think he was traumatized. Obviously, he was traumatized and he came back very traumatized, different, right? And, you know, it was like this uh, shift in my childhood where it was just like him coming home, closing all the blinds and we had to like sit quietly in a dark room, like that kind of, you know. He was obviously suffering from PTSD and depression. And as a little kid, I didn't really understand, but I was like dealing with that. And obviously it was stressing me out and I was, you know, getting yelled at and screamed at and my mom didn't want to come home. It was just like a very hard time. And, you know, I was probably, I was traumatized by that. I'm sorry, this is so weird because I literally never realized that these two things were related. I think I, I made that. I came to that conclusion in my head, but then I never discussed it with myself, if that makes sense. So like just saying this right now is like blowing my mind. Anyway, so that affected me deeply. And I, um, I, that was the first time I remember being depressed, but the depression itself. And again, you know, I'm not a mental health professional, but this is my understanding of it after, just hearing and discussing it with my therapist over all these years. Um, I remember one time my therapist explained, explained it in a way that made it really click for me. And she said, it's like sadness and anger that doesn't have a place to go because you're not allowed to express it. So like, it's like a bottle of water and then you throw some, I don't know, like gold flakes or bonito flakes or something on there and it's it's trying to like get out but it can't so it just sort of floats to the bottom and it sits in the bottom there and it becomes this dark pool of negative energy that um is just always there you know this underlying depression and that really resonated with me because you know as a kid and i can really see this now after learning that to visualize depression in that manner. I wasn't allowed to express negative emotion. I wasn't allowed to be angry. I wasn't allowed to be sad. If I ever said anything, I think everyone can relate to this, but especially if you have an immigrant parent, if you say, oh, I'm like so sad that I don't get the new shoes or something, your mom's like, well, I had to eat dirt during the war. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't even, I was never allowed to own any negative emotion because my parents would try to out uh, emotion me by being like I had it so much harder and then another part of that was you know my parents are emotionally immature and so in a lot of ways they depended on me to be the emotional parent right 
So they could be sad. They could be angry. And I would soothe them. Like I was a happy, clowny kid. My parents would freak out in public and I'd be like, it's okay, everyone, we're going to be okay. And I was like nine years old. And so there was a little bit of like, you can't be emotional because you need to be strong. I'm going to be emotional and you're going to parent me because you're my child. And that was definitely the relationship I had my parents. So what ended up happening was throughout my childhood, every time I felt angry or sad or scared when I needed somebody to soothe me, when I needed a parent to help me, not only were they not there to soothe me, but I would need to swallow all that and then soothe them, right? And so that pool of not expressed anger and sadness and rage and fear, I think fear was the big one, became depression. And that started happening, you know, since birth. But I think nine years old is when it started to really come out and affect me when my father went through that trauma. And I think a lot of it is because as the emotional parent to my like emotionally immature parents, I had to swallow that emotion for him and try to soothe him. So like when I was nine years old, my dad was severely depressed, had PTSD. And I was coming in being like, is everyone happy? Who wants pizza? Like that was my role as a nine year old kid. And it was just every day waking up being like, hey, dad, like, are you happy? Do you feel better now? And like trying to uplift his spirits. And he was he needed fucking professional help. He saw people dying in an airplane accident. There's no way a nine-year-old like chubby kid was gonna dance his way into getting, you know, PTSD cured or whatever. He needed very, very intense professional help, right? But I ended up taking on that role and then being like, la, 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 like the clown. Also, the reason I say I was a chubby kid because around that time is because I was emotionally eating all the time. My parents were never there and I gained like a shit ton of weight. And you know what? I'm proud of it. I'm I'm a former fat kid. That's why I have a great personality. So you're welcome, I guess. I don't know. So then I I was like, you know, uh, trying to lift up my parents' moods. They were abusive at that point. They would, you know, all sorts of abusive physically, verbally. And I'd be like, I'm okay. Like what? Like you know, this is this is very sad. This was my childhood. Me being like a happy chubby kid, and then being like shut up and like slapping me and like this is this getting too dark. Anyway, so then I was like, I would like all day long. I'd be like the happy everyone. Let's laugh, kid. Go to bed at night. Spiral about fucking death. Get super depressed. Go to school. Feel like I couldn't focus on anything because I was traumatized essentially. Um, and then get in trouble for not doing well at school by my parents who were going through some fucking really deep emotional shit. And, and see, like when, I guess when you think about all that, when I think about all that, I see, I'm like, holy shit, that was like a lot of fucked up shit to go through. No wonder it took me years to like sort of excavate all of that settled emotion that was sitting in the bottom, you know, like the, what's it called it from when you have a river sediment sediment yeah it's like that sediment of like anger and sadness and fear all that shit that I was pushing down and then it was getting more piled up because my parents were being abusive and it just sat in there and you know 
it was so severe. The The time when my depression was so severe was when I stepped down into the world for the first time. And I think a lot, you know, a lot of people will relate to the fact that a lot of mental illnesses come out, you know, in your late teens and early 20s. And I think uh, some of them are genetic. Like I know like schizophrenia, that's just like a genetic t- thing where that's usually when it comes out. But I think for other, you know, mental illnesses like depression, I think that is a time when it expresses itself because it's like finally you're safe. You're out of this harmful, you know, situation where all the trauma was happening. And then for the first time, you're out in the real world and there is a sense of security because you are alone and you can just sort of breathe. And that's when all that shit comes out. And so for me, stepping out into the world as an 18 year old um, and somebody in my late teens and early 20s, you know, you see a lot of people, they enter the world like, oh, I'm like ready for the world. Like, what? I'm going to meet people and start going to school and have a new career and step out on my own and buy my own outfits or whatever. And for me, that launch into the world was like, I am so fucking depressed and so tired from my childhood. That's how it felt. I was like, I feel like I've lived a thousand lives and I'm too fucking tired and scared and lonely to even start my life. I was already fucking shattered, I think, at that stage. And then what ended up happening was I did a lot of drugs because I'm cool. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I did a lot of drugs and, you know, just threw myself in this very chaotic life um, and was so lost, had no direction, didn't know what I was going to do, was severely depressed. And but then I just sort of like did the motions, right? Like I did the motions of what I was supposed to do because I was lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So whatever, I got married very young, you know, worked with my ex had a kid and then I think had a huge and throughout that entire time of me doing all those things going through the motions I had fucking depression I was severely depressed and then after I had when I was pregnant I had this very huge blowout fight with my parents where I was just like I don't know what I don't know why but I'm very angry at you and I don't know why and um right after I gave birth obviously had the most severe postpartum depression but didn't even know because at that point the depression was on a was just how I always felt so I thought that was normal and like I said in the beginning of this episode I never thought it was gonna go away I thought that that's just what my brain was like right and so I was feeling fucking depressed and miserable every single day and it just it just hit me and thank god it did that I was like I don't know what's wrong I don't I don't know what's wrong, but something is wrong and I need to like figure this out before because I can't have this be my son's mom, you know? Like I was like I'm up to that point in all my tw- all throughout my 20s, every day I would just lie in bed. Just I just couldn't get out of bed. Like my entire adult life, like I was just lying in bed. I didn't have the motivation to do anything. I felt so scared. 
and lost. I felt like if I stepped one step out of bed, I would be destroyed. I was like living in so much fear and uh, so much anger and sadness. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. I was just trapped, you know. Um, and I didn't care about my, I like hated myself so much that it never occurred to me to fix it for myself. Like I had to have a kid and look at my kid and be like, this kid deserves something better for me to fix myself for my kid, which, you know, obviously I love him so much, but like, and I'm glad, I'm so glad that I had him because he was the one that helped me take those steps to better myself. But it th- it does make me sad that it never occurred to me um, to do it for myself, you know. I had to do it for my son, which, you know, I'm glad that I felt that at that moment. Um, and I'm proud of myself that I, I understood that because I think, you know, when you, like, hate yourself and you don't value your well-being... A lot of people won't take that step even if they have a kid because they don't think that they deserve it. And then I'm telling you right now, if like you're listening to this and you have you struggle with depression or any sort of negative thought all the time, just it's not even about you being selfish. It's like you need to like go through if it's hard if it's too hard for you to be like, I'm gonna do this for myself because that's selfish, just think about your children in the future if if you have children in the future think about your family members and everyone around you that you love and i'm not saying that because that those people are more important than you it's because i know how hard it is for you to put yourself first like i i couldn't do it either and so if that's like stopping you from like getting help Think about all the other people around you that's going to help you. And then once you're in therapy, you're going to realize that it was all for yourself. And you you did deserve to feel better. No one deserves to live like that in that state. Um, anyway, so then I had like this severe depression. And then through therapy, I realized what it was. And um, I'm just going to end like my depression, my history. And then I'm going to tell you about how it feels today. But, and then I guess the treatment, because I know that whenever people that don't go to therapy, I know they're like suspicious of it or they fully don't understand it. The treatment, what that looked like was basically just learning, me talking about the story, like, you know, the story I just told you and hearing it out loud and being able to pinpoint exactly when things happen and almost looking at it from as a third party person you know and it's weird because when when the story happens to you it's really hard to actually follow it right like like it we can all hear a story like a folk tale like cinderella and be like this girl was a her mom died she's sad and then her dad abandoned her her dad liked died also I, I forgot the story and then like he met a new wife and he liked her better than he cared about her more than his daughter that sucks and her her sibling her daughters are mean to her that's more trauma like you can see that happening in cinderella so to the point where at the end you like understand you know 
why that feels good that she got the prince or whatever. But if you lived it, if that was your life, you would not understand. You'd be like, I'm just fucking, I don't know why I have to smoke weed every day. Like that would be like, if you were Cinderella, you'd be smoking weed every day, scrubbing the floors at 5 a.m. And, and be like, why are my sisters mean to me? And because I'm prettier than them. I don't understand. I swear to God, you would not be able to see that story. And then you go to therapy and then the therapist is like, well, your stepmother sucks. And then Cinderella would be like, holy shit, you're right. I have depression, you know? I hope that made sense. That was that went somewhere weird. Um, but so like through therapy, you just hear your story as a third party, right? Like as just as a viewer. And then you're like, oh, I see what that would have done. Oh, I see what that would have done. And then you get this is the part of the depression uh, healing that's, I'm going to be very real with you, but it's, this is just, just what happens. All of that, like, stuff that's sitting in the bottom of the glass, the set, set, sediment, the anger and the fear and the sadness, it's going to come out. And it's just going to come exploding out. And it's going to feel fucking bad. And it's going to feel like shit. And you're going to be fucking pissed for years. Years. Because think about it, right? Like the the thing that I told you about my childhood, like my parents, every time since birth, basically, e- even when I was a little kid, I would fall down and cry. My mom would be like, don't cry. What are you crying about? Stop crying. As a fucking one and a half year old, right? Think about every single time since birth that that happened to me, where I I had a negative emotion that needed to be expressed, and my mom or my dad smothered it. Right? It was just, stop crying. Don't get angry. That that's rude to be angry. Or, you know, like, yeah, like when I was like four years old, and like an old like somebody cut in front of me in the grocery store line, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? And my mom's like, don't talk to adults like that. Every time I experienced anger, sadness, fear. My parents would smother it out in me and I had to like swallow it. And once I allowed that all to come out, it's like a rain of nonstop rage, you know, just like pouring out for years, years. But it felt good because before then, I would have this thing where as an adult, like something little would happen and I would have a very inappropriate emotional response like as an adult if somebody cut me in line i'd be like fuck you like (sighs) and then i would like or i wouldn't even say that because i was scared but then i would be like hey you cut me in line and then i and then i would just like go home and get so angry about it for days by myself like i couldn't let it go for literally months right and i realized that in that period of time when i was letting a go of my residual like old anger and negative emotions that after because I was allowing myself to feel angry for all the stuff that I that happened to me as a kid I was no longer inappropriately angry for those situations right in my adult life like if someone cut me off in traffic I don't drive but let's just example right or somebody my coworker said something mean about like my hair whatever I could let that shit go because I was like getting in touch with my actual whatever the fuck I was angry about, you know, when I was nine years old. Anyway, so then after years of being angry and sad and just exploding out of me, years, I literally, 
during the, I think, that whole ordeal where I was just so angry at all the shit that my parents did to me, multiple times I was like, I don't think this is good. I think this is wrong. I think we should put it all back in because it's never ending. There's still so much anger and sadness in me. Let's just screw the lid back on and never touch this again. And and that's fine because like through in therapy, you go at your own pace, right? You don't have to constantly touch and deal and process stuff like that. You can take a little break and stop being really angry at your parents for like a few weeks and then go back in when you're ready. And so throughout that process, but for me, I think I was so ready. I was like so ready it's, it's like a, I knew like that feeling of I knew something was wrong. And when finally it was pointed out to me, I was like, fuck, yeah, like I'm going to I'm going to it was like it's like a pimple. Uh, why did I say pimple like that? A pimple. It was like a pimple, like an emotional pimple. And it was just like pulsing. And then I just just squeezed all of it, you know, like just squeezed it until it was it was bleeding. I probably squeezed it too hard. It's going to leave a scar now. Like, um. And so for me, for me, the therapy, like I think the healing process, I feel like healing is the wrong word. The recovery process was quick for me because I was so ready to sort of plow through it and be like, yeah, let's talk about this and let's talk about when my parents did that. And um, I was so ready to have it pour out of me. Anyway, so that was like the recovery of uh, my depression, which leads me to today. And I guess like what I was going to mainly talk about that it's back. Um, But now. So, you know, when I was going through having depression and the recovery process, people would always be like, oh, you know, like depression is like a mental illness and it is like this chemical imbalance. And um. I I don't know enough about it, but I think what happens happened for me is that it was like a loop that my brain learned in order to sort of deal with the emotions of not being allowed to express emotions. And then I fixed that loop and now my brain sort of processes negative emotions in a healthier way, right? Like at, at the moment of like, if I do feel sad or angry, I'll express it. And all the work that I did sort of fixed that. But I think, but I, but I do think that there is this, maybe like this chemical imbalance thing that maybe some people experience and it's a genetic thing and they, their, uh, how their minds work, they're predisposed to that sort of feeling because of, I don't know, lack of dopamine. I, I have no idea, but I, I do believe that. And I do believe um, that that is natural for some people, even without the same sort of shared trauma or like the upbringing that I had. And my friends who have depression, um, they will describe it in this way. And I never understood what it meant until recently where they would be like, it comes on like a cold or a flu, like a few days, you'll feel weird. Just like, you know, when you're first starting to get the flu, you're just like a little off. And then three or four days later, they'll be in the throes of very deep depression. And it it comes on like an illness. And then after, no matter what you do, it's there. And then 
And then it slowly passes, gradually passes, but so gradually that it, you almost can't tell that it's gone. It's like a few days later, you wake up and you're like, or a few weeks later, you're like, okay, I'm no longer depressed. And because I, before like getting treatment, I was depressed every single day. And I just thought that that was, that was normal state for me. I didn't understand that description of it. But now that, you know, I consider myself pretty much, I've been like, obviously, I I don't use the word cured, but like, you know, I've been treated for depression. And most of my days I wake up without it. When I do have like a bout of it, I can feel it coming on like an illness. And it's really scary and sad because there's like nothing you can do. You know, it's like it is like the flu. Once you start feeling symptoms, there's like you can take vitamins and shit, but you can't, you know, it's going to come. It's like the herpes. (laughs) Once your lip is itchy, unless you take this medicine that I've been telling you about, you know what's going to come, you know, it's like a virus. Um, And I, I am, you know, in the middle of being depressed right now. And it's just so hard because it's like, it feels like a gray hat, a gray hat that you wear. You know, like those old timey, like beekeeper. I don't, I think beekeepers still wear them. It's like a beekeeper hat where there's like a gray veil. And so that's on your head and everything is just gray and it's not good and it's bad. And every single thing that you look at is shit. You know, everything turns to shit. But I think the saddest thing about it is that um and I think the reason why it's so hard to pop out of it is like all the stuff that you're supposed to do to like help you pop out of it let's be honest doesn't fucking even work that well like you're supposed to go for a walk and like go exercise and eat something healthy uh, drink water whatever and it's like you can do all those things and they do help but you have to just keep doing them for a few days but the whole problem with depression is like they don't it makes you not want to do that and i think the extra sad part for me um like when i go through it is that it makes me feel like shit about myself and it makes me feel like um like i'm a shitty person and this the reason the thing that makes me really sad is because i like need help you know, like I need, um, I just need help from friends and like loved ones and family. But when I'm depressed, it's like, I feel like it stops me from reaching out because it makes me feel like everyone hates me and I'm annoying and I'm bothering everybody by being sad because I like have this deep belief that like my parents, my job um, is to make everyone happy and always be happy and fun. And no one's going to be there for me when I'm sad, you know, and, and when I am sad, I have to do it by myself. It's like. Um. Which I don't, I know it's not true. I think I have like friends and people that care about me that don't want me to go through it by myself. Um, 
it's weirdly easy to like talk about this on the podcast to a bunch of people I don't know. I can't I can't bring myself to say that to my actual friends. But like, I mean, I'm better at just like telling my friends like I'm depressed and I like I just like you know need support and they're there and they're supportive, but. Even when I do that, I feel so bad because I just feel like my friends think I'm, like, annoying and I'm, like, sucking all the energy out of them, you know? And then I'm like, oh, I know they, like, resent me for needing this. Um, But that's, like, the part that makes me feel really sad about it, having depression. It's, like, this feeling that me reaching out for help is going to cause all my loved ones to resent me. And I just, like, can't. Um, I can't get over that, even though I know it's really silly. And it's, like, you know, in a lot of ways, because of, like, my childhood, it feels so much safer to go through it by myself. Because then at least I won't get, like punished when I was a kid you know punished for being sad um punished for like not being able to like make everyone else feel better I don't know I I know it's so ridiculous it's like sometimes all these things I know are so ridiculous that I believe and saying them out loud makes me understand that but like even though, like, intellectually, I know that that's so ridiculous, it's, like, hard to, like, break those patterns of behavior. Anyway, that is how it feels to be depressed. <laughs> I hope that that was helpful, entertaining. Remember when I said the word pimple weird? That was kind of funny. <laughs> um, You know... It's this is this is what I'm gonna say. If you're depressed and you feel like you're just a burden on your friends, that's not true. You can reach out to them and they care about you and they wanna help you. Not me, but <laughs> not that's not true about me because I am an actual burden. But you don't don't think that because it's only true about um me. <sighs> Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to suggest a topic for discussion, you can suggest it on the Patreon, which I have not checked. I'm going to check it right now and see if anyone wrote anything. Sorry. Patreon.com slash Harry Butthole. And you can subscribe to submit a topic of discussion. If you don't want to or not or are not able to donate you can just leave a comment on the instagram which i'm also going to check right now <laughs> make sure nobody suggested anything and i will get to them i promise i have not had a lot of people um suggesting stuff so if you really want to hear something i will talk about it asap um my instagram is ymmayor and my tiktok is youngmemayor thank you for listening mm -hmm.